Welcome to SlayerFest98. I'm your host, Ian Carlos Crawford, and joining me is my lovely co-host, author of Surrender Your Sons, Adam Sass. Hi, Adam. Hi, Mimi. Um, well, joining us today, we have got three fabulous guests, and I will jump into them right now because we have lots to discuss on this very, very, very thick episode. Um, freelance writer of the Garbage Day newsletter, Ryan Broderick. Hi, Ryan. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Of course. And then um, we're not done with freelance yet. Uh, freelance entertainment journalist and comic creator. Oh, Stephanie Williams. Wow. <laughs> Messed that right on up. <laughs> it's good to have you back. Um, and then last but not least, Senior Content Manager for Penguin Random House Children's Division. Ooh, it's Aaron Reese. I love that's that. a title. That's a title, Aaron. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's how you do a title. Um, all right, so we are, we are all here today to discuss... Um, What's the show? What's the show? (laughs) (laughs) We're here to discuss episode two of Falcon and Winter Soldier. That's right. That's right. I will say this episode did pick up. It did. We talked about we talked about a little before recording. The 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 show feels a little dry, but this episode definitely I liked it a zillion times better than episode. I found this like immediately more Mm -hmm. interesting. I mean, just putting them together, the like, oh no, I hate you. No, I hate you. Did like get a little tired after a bit, but. It was more dynamic once they're together because it's like, yeah. I don't know, right? It's like, oh, that's the team. You're dating again and you're, you had one date that maybe wasn't so amazing, but you're, you're kind of a little like, you need, you know, you need some attention right now. And the second one is picking up. So yeah, you're, you're, so you're sticking with it for, for a while. That's <laughs> how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> For now. For now. For now. We'll I love see. that there's only like four more episodes. There's really no more lift smaller than <laughs> yeah. that. And I'm like, you know what? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so the episode starts with Johnny Walker practicing his Captain America shtick. And I found that charming. I don't like him, but I was like, oh, because I thought like, so we know that he turns into US agent in the comics. I'm sure that's right. where right. they are going with this. And I was like, oh, okay. Are we going to make him likable? Is it going to be like... He's charming and he just got stuck in this. Granted, that is not where this went, but that's what I thought we were going. Because I was like, oh, they're giving her, like, they're giving him her. They're giving. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, they're giving this queen a little, yeah. (laughs) Wait, I think we got to also point out that before we get into this, that that is Kurt Russell's son, which I did not realize. Yes. So weird, right? Super weird. His daddy James just said, hmm. I'll just give you a little sprinkle here, and Mama took over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Casey right. Neistat, the son of Kurt Russell. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I. It's weird that they did him so dirty with that helmet because he's, he's he's attractive, but when he has that helmet on, I don't know what is going no, I'm on. Saying he looks like Mister Six. He looks like the Six Flags old man. It's a little squishy face. <laughs> oh wow, <laughs> he does look like the Six Flags old man. <laughs> you know what adam okay i have to leave i will not be on this podcast for i will the remove myself time. We'll edit you out wow. yeah um that's the thing. no it was i was watching it with my husband and he and he doesn't know marvel he doesn't know actors if you said kurt russell he'd be like i think i maybe know who that is if he'd say, but he'd like point to john johnson or something like that but like it he was, was like who like at the end of the first episode U.S. agent guy comes out and he was like, "Who's that old man?" Like he like thought it was an old man. <laughs> he really is from the mouth of babes. Like he will say it like it is. Yeah. So Adam, um, 
check my Twitter in about five minutes. (laughs) 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 Um, But yeah, I also do want to say this is also Goldie Hawn's son. I I, I want to I want to realign who we're who we're saying son this Mm -hmm. is. You know, we don't always do to say Kurt Russell's son, even though he kind of like you know looks like him a little bit more. It's Goldie all up and through that face. It's Goldie, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It just something about his mouth profile looks like he wears dentures. He he looks like he's dipping all the time. He normally <laughs> is bearded. The beard yeah. works when oh. they shave him. Then he, then his like jaw issues kind of come out. And so. the audacity for like cishet straight men to say that women employ witchcraft with makeup because <laughs> <laughs> this because the beard does a lot of lifting. Well, so we meet his wife. I think it's his wife, right? Not girlfriend. Wife, yes. Stephanie, you have a rebuttal? I absolutely do. Uh, So we, (laughs) I love how they introduce this character so that we know for damn sure that he has uh, hashtag Black Lives Matter in his Twitter bio. Because when I see her come back there, I was like, oh no. So not only does he have a Black best friend because of that guy comes in soon lamar hoskins comes in battlestar (laughs) and i um was quite surprised because i'm like wow you all gave him the same energy he has in the comics from like 90 what 394 i was like hmm okay so um yes he has you know a little you know press and curl wife and (laughs) (laughs) best friend is she on the just for me ball (laughs) yes the <laughs> so I definitely I, that was actually my next note. Is like they definitely gave him the wife and best friend to be like, look, he's not racist, but like, well, <laughs> that's the thing, and which will be revealed later um, in that 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 juicy dramatic Jeep ride back of the Jeep ride, which I, I could rewatch. That was. That was some editing for me. Yeah, that was some filmmaking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I will go into that in greater detail. But um, this guy right away for me telegraphed uh, government team player. And uh, that is backed up time and time and time and time and time again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it's weird because they were definitely doing this to make us maybe like like him. But it all felt so on purpose i don't know it didn't it it was like they were like "Ooh, we know that people are gonna like be like who the fuck is this new cap so let's like you know like like 70s i'd give him like oh he's he has black lives matter in his profile he's cool but like and they wow. gave him this little friday night lights back yes oh my god yeah yeah, yeah. Just like missing the glory days kind of thing which made me it drove me further away I, I was, <laughs> <laughs> every every new detail of this guy that's meant to endear him. I don't know if it's working on purpose, if this is supposed to be this way, but I am driven further and further and further out to see every time they reveal a new thing about this guy. So I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because I feel like I can't. So Mar- Marvel like is incapable of having a coherent political stance about anything. <laughs> so I can't tell if the details about him are meant to make me like him or dislike him. Like I can't tell <laughs> right. if this is, oh, he's yeah. a former football player. Of course he's a fascist. Or is it, he's a former football player. He couldn't be a fascist. Like I don't understand what right. you're trying to I tell me. I feel like each kind of writer kind of comes in, bring in, if, if a stamp kind of goes in there, I feel like they intentionally like paint over it with whatever the opposite 
uh, political stance is. So it kind of gets a little gobbledygooky there. Like there was somebody on Twitter who was saying, was making a point. I'm just gonna be one of those people who's like, it was a tweet somewhere. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> but it was, there was something we were saying, like definitely seems to be the Marvel thing to bring in uh, villains who sort of look and behave all right, but have radical left mm. talking points. Mm. Yeah. Right. Like our anarchist bad guys who are right. Like, well, like our flag smashers who are like, we don't want borders. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Wait a minute. They, I think are the good yeah, guys. Like Marvel's <laughs> first like major Latinx character in a while. Like these people don't like borders. I was just like, Oh, don't make him say this. I mean, right. I feel like what's so deeply insidious and yes, I am sticking with insidious about his introduction is I would almost akin this to Umbridge in Harry Potter, right? Like, I feel mm-hmm. like Dolores Umbridge is one of the most terrifying villains because she's one of the most realistic ones that I feel like I've ever seen. And his energy very much so gives me, like, hey, your company was bought out by another company, so here's our new CEO. And, like, oh, the vision yeah. that he wants like have the entire company align on but everything he says is a veiled threat for termination if yes. you do not comply with you know <laughs> wait are you saying u.s agent is the you don't need a union we're family here oh, guy absolutely yeah. <laughs> he's, yeah he's amazon news's uh social content manager who's like well, you know tell me you believe that whole pissing in jars story even though it's backed up legally <laughs> We will slack you outside of work hours because that's how much you love the job. <laughs> well, Ryan, I know what you're referencing. Uh, I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, I'm just talking about superheroes. <laughs> um, so we we also meet Sarah Haynes from The View. She's in the MCU as herself. <laughs> that was a missed opportunity not having that be Megan McCain. <laughs> She's working with U.S. agents, so <laughs> that would have sent. That would have been too clearly telling. We would have all been just like, "Okay, I see her." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Megan McCain. She brings up her dad while interviewing his new Captain America. Never-ending story, childlike empress, like pull back hair. She's got it. Yeah. Um. So she interviews him. I I did wonder. Um, Stefan Aaron, as the comic experts, does U.S. agent is he a super soldier in the comics? Isn't he? Yep. Yes. Okay, because that's what I thought. I was surprised when they like, I just assumed he was, and then but he like explicitly says he's not right. right? Like he says right. he doesn't have superpowers. Which I mean, granted, I feel like they'll get there, but I thought it was weird that they would pick just like this normal dude because um, he probably would die um, fighting by himself. <laughs> Isn't it like? Is the super soldier serum, it doesn't exist anymore, right? Like, that was, right, in the sense you, right. like, it doesn't exist, right? Like, they yeah, couldn't, so, they tried to recreate, and that's how we got Hulk, and et cetera. Yeah, so, like, for him, the power broker who they introduced in, mm-hmm. what was that, the first episode? That's who he, Lamar, um, and, like, a bunch of other people get, like, augment, um, augmented superhuman strength or something like that to be wrestlers okay. or some shit. So, yeah. <laughs> I did not right. realize that. <laughs> I sort of suspect, though, we're building up to, like, the obvious, like, he's going to take the super soldier serum, but he won't be, like, good like Steve Rogers, and it'll make him bad or worse. Like, I sort of think that's where we're headed with this whole yeah, thing. Yeah, it'll... Yeah. 
uh, it'll be like Jessica Jones. Yep. So I believe in the comics, the Jessica Jones character is related to the same program that produces U.S. Agent, mm. but I'm not totally clear on that. But I, th- I think they are linked in some way. There's definitely going to be a, like, we got to get the shield from that guy moment. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, like, the weird thing is, is that, okay, so here's a gripe that I have that I had throughout both episodes is a lot of the... You know, WandaVision, those reveals were, there was no reveals in the trailer, but in the trailer for this, we've seen Sam throwing that shield. We know he's going to get it. Um, We knew Mm. this guy was the new Captain America. We knew Baron Zemo was coming in. So I feel like episode three, the reveal is going to be, wow, Sharon Carter's here, even though she's on the fucking poster. Like, I don't know why they're (laughs) doing that when it's like, yeah, but we know this already. Like, we know they're going to have to see Zemo. We knew he was coming into this. He's been like build as a main character um yeah so i don't know why they're like having the reveals be stuff that was in the trailer um there's gonna be some straight boy youtubers right now who are just gonna be like yeah this is exactly this is exactly what we wanted from wandavision which is to uh, be told what to expect be shown it and then (laughs) Mm -hmm. be told what you just saw like (laughs) the crowd that's supported by a two-in-one body wash. So, <laughs> and no, it's actually six-in-one. <laughs> it's, it's conditioner, shampoo, body wash, lotion, all of the above, which is no problem. I mean, essentially, why should you ask what's in a super soldier serum when you <laughs> partake of such chemicals in your body? Yeah, it's definitely the uh, don't if if you know if you use this, don't worry about what's in the vaccine. Yeah, but I do find I do find Marvel's like just explanations for the super soldier super soldier serum quite fascinating in the sense that they don't really I feel like in the comics there are very extreme limitations to what the serum does, and in the movies you don't know. Like, and Stephanie, correct me if I'm wrong, but I know like in the comics is very much descriptive as like you are supposed to have the physical acumen of like an Olympian level athlete, but you shouldn't be throwing like buses around. Well, but yes and no, it depends on the writer. So Steve's strengths yeah. or a uh, strength or whatever, like varies. Cause at one time he can like pick up an entire bus and actually, yeah, like he's supposed to be very strong. Um, and then sometimes, yeah, it's, you're supposed to just be like, above an elite athlete so it depends and then also with uh john walker in the comics he actually ends up beating captain america captain america because um his augmentation strength is supposed to be stronger so it, it really honestly depends on the writer and i'm pretty sure in the mcu they've set it up so that it expands based on like the emotions of steve rogers so i think like th- there's a line i think it's either in like infinity war or endgame or one of them uh, where it's like as, as he wants to go and become stronger because he needs, like it will adapt to that, mm-hmm. which is I think how they've like backwritten the fact that his powers are all out of control across the whole <laughs> franchise. <laughs> he has anime main character powers. That's what it is. You know, that was, that actually was a thing when I was a kid that I didn't understand about Captain America because his strength was like all over the place in the comments, especially like when I started reading the early nineties, sometimes it felt like he was just like, you know, a dude who was like a little bit stronger than a regular like fit guy. But then sometimes it was like, oh, he has super like you said, Zephy. Sometimes it'd be like, oh, he could pick up a truck. But other times it's like he would go punch for punch with like a regular just like muscle guy. 
and he couldn't like just knock them out with one punch. Mm -hmm. Um, So I never like quite understood that because now correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't Black Widow at one point also get the super soldier serum in the comics? Ooh, no question mark or maybe that sounds familiar in a weird way. She did take an enhancement like thing in the ultimate like timeline maybe that's what i'm thinking of but i don't think it was a super um i don't think it was a serum but i think it was something like akin to it that just kind of gave her a nice boost but you know the ultimate comics were wild and that's when um tony stark and the wasp had a whole sex tape oh yeah wait isn't isn't the ultimate line also where quicksilver and wanda were hooking up yeah yes yeah (laughs) i told someone about that during one of our wandavision episodes and it was like Wait, what? And I was like, no, that's not a joke. They are like, because that's, she dies and they're like kissing, yeah. right? When she gets like shot. Yeah. <laughs> Comics, guys. <laughs> they have like property brothers energy. You know, oh my God. You know what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, now you said it, Ryan. <laughs> and I will never forget it. Oh my God. <laughs> but like she does take super um, soldier serum or whatever. And it is during that. That very weird time. <laughs> okay. I feel like we're dealing with so many super soldiers. I feel like we're getting close to just being like, all right, can we just start maybe saying some of them are mutants and they're just strong? You know, <laughs> I, we can never have enough mutants. Let's just say, well, yeah. just, there we go. There's, they're mutants now. They came back, came back different. Yep. So getting back to the, so Sarah Hayes interviews him. Um, the new Johnny Walker says like, Steve Rogers feels like he was a brother to me, which is like, so that, that was like the first like thing he said out loud. That was like a total red flag. I was like, Ooh, but he is not. And I, I feel like I'm sure some of you have, you know, been on when I've had my, I love the MCU Steve Rogers. I found the comic Steve Rogers boring when I used to read the comics, but it has retroactively made me like Captain America more and I think a lot of that is due to the fact that I want to uh, <clears throat> do dirty things with Chris Evans, um, but also marry him. <laughs> so I felt like I kept getting mad the way Sam and Bucky were like, that's, I would feel the, oh. like every time he was like, oh, but I really, you know, Steve Rogers, I'd be like, no, you don't. You don't know Steve Rogers. Listen, Shut up. This show doesn't work for me a lot of times, but it works 1000% of the time. Every time Sam and or Bucky are like looking at this new Captain America with a big sourpuss yeah. on. Yeah. Especially Bucky. Yeah. Oh, Bucky. Yeah. And when he's like in his apartment watching this shit on TV, this guy running his mouth about this friend. Like, and it's just, it's one of those things where it, this has to be making his travel worse. Wait, can yeah. we talk about how Bucky literally has like the sitting in a lawn chair in a bare apartment, every man's like horrible Reddit photo room? Yeah. Like he's sitting on the floor of a completely unfurnished apartment watching a flat screen TV. It's perfect. But you know what? You know what that tells me? The Mr. Bucky with the Wakandan arm, I, you know, you're going to make a mm-hmm. sacrifice to go, you know, come mm-hmm. visit and be on the floor for a little bit. Definitely. <laughs> Same same thought process because you yeah. you know that he lays it down you know. if he has that stupid fucking like sheet in his living room floor. <laughs> well, here's the thing: he can always host, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. you're gonna have to deal with there's nothing in the fridge, right? Yeah, but like, you want a bring, cup of water? <laughs> right. Bring your own hydration. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, can he host? Like, I would be scared of being shot. 
<laughs> but that's how. Oh, but Aaron, again, that's how you know because it's, it's you. You risking your life, Steph. You are absolutely right. I do think that we can we can actually say, and I know the queens use this word too loosely, but I think we can clarify Bucky a trade. I think that's that's acceptable. You know, I was thinking, you know, a touch of that, but I think you'd be into if you said, you know, I, I bought this strap today. Would you be interested in that? <laughs> okay. See, I, Ryan, I'm, I, I'm curious your straight guy opinion. What do you think? Do you read him as queer at all, Bucky? Yeah. So, it's really, it's really interesting. I feel like he has like an uns, like a, like just an incredible chemistry with Chris Evans, and like that is just like there, it, there's a thing there. I don't feel that sort of connection with other male characters when he's around. Like I don't feel like. I, maybe he, I don't know, and he does have really nice chemistry with the woman at the bar. Um, so maybe he's like Pan. I don't I don't know yeah. what his deal is. Um, but he's not. I don't I don't think he's like a straight guy. Like he's not like Falcon, who's like a straight. Guy, oh, you know, you put a you even put a you even put like a hand accidentally near his behind. He's asking yeah. you in, a, in his deepest voice possible. What are you doing back there? Like like Sam has worn Axe body spray before. Oh my god, he still does. No, <laughs> I also think Falcon is probably the type though that like still slaps his teammates' ass while they're playing basketball because you know it's just it's sanctioned in that space. <laughs> <laughs> right. See, I think yeah, I read them very much. I mean, we will get there, but like later on, it feels like Bucky has queer energy to me. But again, I and I say this all the time. I don't want to give that credit to any of the writers. I don't think the writers are intentionally being like. Ooh, he's queer. Like, I don't think that's what that is. I think it's just like... But, but this whole episode had like three moments of of being way too cute with the, oh, we think Bucky and whoever, whoever Bucky's in a scene with is, is gay. Like, it, I, there was like, they were rolling right. on top of each other. There was that moment. They were slinking little knees together. Yeah. You know what I think Bucky's sexuality is like? It's kind of like the band My Chemical Romance. <laughs> All right, now you're talking my language. Keep going. <laughs> God. It can be claimed as queer, but it is just as like aggro masculine in some sense as like other emo bands. But it's like that one that can exist in both spaces. That's right. how I would classify Bucky. Hey, huh. All right, that's fair. I could I could see that. Right? I could, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. It's it's all accidental. It's all accidental. Like <laughs> yeah. any like it's it's all we're doing just to get through these episodes. Just to be like, oh, there was a moment <laughs> where they whenever you know. Like, Did you see their legs? <laughs> she said they were doing couples counseling. Week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I also think like Marvel's working very hard to try to like remove Bucky from that fan discourse and have been ever since basically yeah. Infinity War, which is a shame because I wish they would just like leave the character alone and let it do whatever it needed okay. to do. Well, they chopped his hair, so they gave him a straight haircut. Okay. I'm That's so right, yeah. upset about that. Because <laughs> I mean, he grew that because his hair when he was in Wakanda, like uh, all that work beautiful. down the drain. Okay. Just it's gone. A shine. <laughs> I hate this show. I, <laughs> I will say I think that Sebastian Stan is so handsome. I think both work for him. Like I I like the long hair, but I like the short hair. I'm like, sure, whatever. I'll still go to your apartment. Doesn't matter what your hair looks like. <laughs> well, it really zooms in on his crow's feet, and I'm just like, baby. Oh. That's a- he's a hundred years old though, you know? Like he's gonna get crow's <laughs> also feet. That. 
I love I, I love the <laughs> characterization of him like as a hundred year old man, and I think every joke about it is funny. I don't care. No. I think it's great. <laughs> I, I think it's so charming. <laughs> it's it's one of those things so, with that haircut. It ages him, and I and I would say it to yeah. every single person on set. I'd be like, I get rid of it. It ages you. <laughs> <laughs> Adam Adam's the mean queen on set. Like mm, I see those crow's feet. No, I'm the mean queen. I'm not doing it to like break him down, like take him down a peg. I'm doing it to be like, listen, you were listen if you just went back to the way you were doing things, you'd have a better situation going on anyway. Yeah. <laughs> get the Kiehl's avocado thing we all get. It is cheap. <laughs> the show needs its hair, is what I'm saying. Right. <laughs> so we get the confrontation of Bucky goes to see Falcon. I don't really remember how he knows where he is. I guess just because he's working with the military. They have their talk. Uh, Falcon's, Falcon's really like... Falcon doesn't want to engage with him. Falcon seems... I don't quite get their friendship because they kind of hate each other. They hated each other in Civil... Like, in Civil War, there's that line where they're, like, both laying on the ground after Spider-Man's, like, webbed them. And I think it's Falcon who's like, I still don't like you. Like, they, there's never, like... They've never yeah. been, like, friend friends. They're friends-in-law. They're, like, when George and Elaine had to go out on a lunch, right? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. My God. Yes. I'm so happy I understand the reference. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's exactly right. what's happening. Steph, I thought you were going to drag me in ass. <laughs> no, uh, I, I, I own all of the Seinfeld DVDs. Oh, I so. love yeah. <laughs> It's like how Adam and I talk. That's our love language is Seinfeld. <laughs> no, without Elaine, but like without Elaine, I would say, I would say millennial gays don't have a, a way of speaking online anymore. Like yeah. we, we, yeah. we really owe a lot of our dimensionality to her. So there we go. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> um, but so Falcon says they've got to be one of the big, that they've, what is or is it oh yeah he tells bucky that there's the big three wizards mm. androids and aliens they do the thing that i don't know why the mcu continues to do this but bucky's like wizards don't exist and he's like very adamant about that and falcon's like uh dr strange and he's like he was a sorcerer not a wizard and i'm like what are we arguing about here well, yeah it's a strange thing to say especially coming off wandavision it is very meta because the way that they approach and talk about magic it's so haphazard anyway. It's a joke that I feel like the writer's room was like, absolutely put that in. That is chef's kiss. We absolutely <laughs> love this. Um, and it's very predictable. It's very phase one, phase two, mm, um, yeah. which the show kind of feels like a little bit. So, mm. um, yeah, I'm not at all surprised. Um, and they ran it into the ground. And I knew like the moment that that was brought up, I was like, this is going to be a thing. And I'm going to hear it like the rest of the remaining episodes. <laughs> so it, to me, it's a perfect example of something that's been bothering me about this show, which is that like the show should be like a 90s style, like bad boys, lethal weapon, die yes. hard, like classic banter. People don't get along and they're just going to like get it done. And then you're going to fall in love with them because of that conflict. This show thinks that's what it's doing, but there's no like heart to the center of it. So all the jokes just sound like jokes. But if you think about them, then you're like, that's not a joke. <laughs> and it's like they're LARPing as one of those movies, but they're not actually doing any of the required work to make me like, like the banter, which is frustrating because um, <laughs> I want it to be good, but it, I don't think it is. 
That was a good use of LARPing, right? <laughs> yeah, like it just feels like there's like a hollowness there where it's like, oh, that's so funny. You guys have like an, on, an inside joke, but wait, it's not even a joke. It's just you're just saying the same thing. A it's just times. one of those like kind of half joke things that's kind of like the biggest sign of life currently in the show. And you could tell because they have cut it into every trailer featurette of the show. Right. Um, they're like, yes. oh, this is where everybody starts to drop the long face for a second. Um, but like, I do enjoy that. I did enjoy the detail of, um, Bucky being, uh, an original reader of the Hobbit back in the thirties. Yeah. <laughs> I actually enjoyed that too. I was like, that's a detail. Now we're adding. Yeah. Like Ryan said, I do think all the, like him being a hundred like references and jokes, I think that works. And if they want to like inject, I don't know if they like, that's an injection of humor that I do like. Yeah. Like him saying that he read the original, like. That's funny and also makes sense because he is that old, right? Like more of that, less of like denying wizards exist when we have Doctor Strange. And like they all fought the same battle in Endgame. How, what were those portals that brought them there? Like, come on, dickhead. Yeah, they've all met. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was, and I brought this up before. That was a thing Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. did in season one where Ruth Nega played a woman that like, you thought she was a telepath and the agents were all like, that can't be real. That can't exist. And then at the end, the reveal was she wasn't. She just like, I don't know, hacked something or something. And it was like, why are we stressing so much that a telepath can't exist in a world where like an alien invasion straight up happened and they know Thor, Hulk, and Iron Man and Captain America exist? Like that seems like a world where you'd be like, I don't know, maybe. Maybe there is a telepath. They all exist right. now because someone traveled through time with the talking raccoon and they all got the stones to wish them all back. Like, and they're, they're, <laughs> I don't, I don't, what are we doing here? Like what? this world's 9-11 is an alien invasion and this world's coronavirus is half the galaxy disappearing for five years. Like we're done with this now. We can all accept that robots and aliens and wizards yeah, exist. I don't I, get it. It's mind boggling yeah because like i could buy if they were like oh look the news is saying that can exist but like the superheroes should all be like yeah sure probably like yes it's probably an alien yes it's probably a t yes it's probably a wizard i don't fucking know right like anything goes when you're in this universe i feel like especially at this point when we've already done endgame just like keep moving be like okay sure where do we fight the wizard but so bucky insists on going with falcon on this mission um they're going to like a flag smashers headquarters they do their little, I liked, I mean, I said this before, but sometimes the bickering works, sometimes it doesn't. I did, I thought, I thought it was like funny when he's like, a little time in Wakanda and you become White Panther to Bucky and Bucky corrects him and was like, oh, he's White Wolf. Cause like Bucky doesn't get what he's joking about. And Bucky was like, I did spend time in Wakanda and they called me White Wolf. Like shit like, oh, he's a hundred year old dude and he doesn't get sarcasm or he doesn't get like references. That makes sense. But yeah, that so they're bickering the flags, but they think there's a hostage. They follow them. And I uh, hands hands up. I thought this was one of the best fight scenes, better yeah. than the fight scenes we had in the first episode um, on top of this. Yeah, it's good. I also wanted to like backtrack real quick just for like one second and say I really, really enjoyed the energy Sam was bringing um, which is not a sentence I usually utter a lot. Um, but like, I liked the energy he was bringing in the warehouse where he was kind of bringing this like more detective energy where he was like, we yeah. don't need to run in here and start cracking people's skulls, which is something that the MCU needs like very badly to be like, Hey, why don't we like stand here and wait and see where they're going and actually suss this out before we start like going in and like, just, you know, ripping everybody apart. Punching. Right. 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 Which, which contrasts with his 
opening of the first episode where he's like literally murdering people left and right. I love the mixing of the archetypes where like the 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 crabby old guy is the one who wants to just punch everybody, and then like the young like funner guy is like the tech guy who's like doing investigating work. Like I like mixing those archetypes. I just they seem to forget them sometimes though it does feel yeah. like Yeah. It's very number five energy from Umbrella Academy. Yeah. 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 That was a good reference. Um <laughs> but so they get on that truck. He tries to help the hostage. We find that she is not a hostage, which we know from the trailer because the scene was in the trailer. Um and the girl kicks him out of the truck and like kicks his ass. They capture Bucky on the top of that truck. They smash Red Wing, and Bucky says he always wanted to do that. Uh, Falcon shows up. They have a fight. I, I, I just, I like this. I thought it was a very enjoyable action scene. And it was also, like you mentioned, Adam, it was less murdery. And like, I'm not a prude about that, but it's just weird that like, there was so much murder in that first action scene in the first episode. And I appreciate this was more like, oh, we're knocking people out or we'll like throw them off a truck, but like they could be fine with like a broken arm, right? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I think this was definitely like a welcome return to that type of um, choreo. Yeah, so like they have that fight. They're kind of holding their own, but kind of not. And Walker, Johnny Walker Cap shows up uh, with Hoskins. They help the fight. But also, again, I'm like, these are two like regular dudes. Like what are they going to actually do? Because these these like... The Flag Smashers all are, like, right? All of them are super soldiers? They're all super soldiers. And as soon as New Cap faces them one-on-one, he's thrown from the truck. Like, when he's, like, assisting or whatever, then, yeah, like, he's he's able to help. But, like, he's he's immediately tossed from that truck. The second, it's one-on-one. I mean, it's so funny you mentioned that, Adam, because Battlestar was talking a lot of shit on the ride back. And I was like, Miss Mamas, weren't you the one, like, literally ass-sliding on the shield? Like, <laughs> pass both of the trucks because you, I'm just like, let's not act like you, your face wasn't about to be, um, you know, concrete paste. Yeah, yeah. Battlestar had a real, like, toady energy, like a real, like, <laughs> like, like that, like, nasty sidekick. It was, it was not great. You're right, Aaron. I didn't even think about that because he is like, oh, what would you guys have done without us? Yeah. And it's like, you both got thrown off the truck. Like, they would have been fine. I was just like, let's not act like that. Like the two of you weren't getting beatboxed on those trucks as well. (laughs) (laughs) Shall we talk about the my favorite scene, the jeep? Should we talk? Should we get to the jeep? No. Wait, wait. So (laughs) we first we got to talk about the tumble, Adam. Oh, the right. Oh, but I I mentioned that already. So yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So Bucky like saves himself by like using his. uh, vibranium arm and hangs onto the truck and i this is where like while it's not they always give falcon like uh, he gets like the like dude insults um but like he's like oh you got your ass kicked by a little girl and like (sighs) bucky's just screaming though and then he's like all right let me get him and like i if they're being playful bent while that isn't a line that i like if they're being playful i think it's like okay, we, I can have that banter. But when they're like, it seems like they just fucking hate each other, that's not enjoyable banter. <laughs> Bucky is so, I his character is weird, right? Like he doesn't yeah. always get a social cue. So he's like just sitting on top of him and he's like, oh, but like he's just like talking to him while laying on top of him. And Falcon's like, get off me. Bucky's like, they're super soldiers. And Falcon's like, yeah, I know. Like that's the shit I like when it's like, Bucky thinks he's bringing new information, but he is not. <laughs> 
I, that's the shit I, because that would be me. I'd be like, guys, I figured it out. And all of you would be like, yeah, we were there 10 minutes ago. Ian. <laughs> <laughs> um, they walk down the street. They're talking about shit. Um, and then, yes, Adam, what happens? Well, those two smug jerk offs come in with their within the jeep and they're like get in and they're doing this like really punishingly slow roll on the truck um and they get in and what which i what i liked most about the scene was it really illuminated right away where i think we're going with this where i mean where we all maybe guess yeah. we're going it's, it's not exactly a show brimming with surprises but um yeah we got we kind of got this we got this talk from uh newcap and uh and falcon and falcon was saying like oh you they, was talking about uh, Red Wing. They tracked him via Red Wing. And like one of the most revealing moments was um, where they were like, yeah, we tracked you via Red Wing. And, and then he does this like really like nerdy, snivelly snort. And he's like, well, it's the property of the government. And I was like, this dweeb. I was like, this, I, this told me everything I need to know about this guy. Yeah. Like yeah. this wiener is going to have to be handled at some point in the show. Yeah. yeah. This is this sounds kind of weird, but I, I made a note of this when I watched the episode. So the the the, the cinematography in, in this show is really strange because you have like ultra close-ups for the first time in MCU movies, but I believe the truck sequence might be the biggest wide shot without CGI that we've ever seen in a Marvel property. Hmm. It's like wow. almost Wes Anderson-y where the, 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 they're ultra wide out and they're walking and the car they're doing that whole thing where the car is like stopping and starting. And it's such a weird – there's just like really weird artsy camera flourishes in this show for a show that is like kind of dumb. And it's it, I, every time I notice it, I'm like, why is this entire therapy session shot in ultra close-up? Like it's really weird choices, but I kind of dig it. Yeah. And yeah, the, the, the therapy session angles artsy. I wish I could say I like them. They're a little too close. <laughs> Every time they do like, cause it's all like you keep doing like previously on, on whatever. And it's, it's like, it's just jarring every time. I don't like it, but yes, it is like, but I agree. Like it is like these, I'm like, Oh great. We're doing like sort of these flourishes. You know, what the Jeep scene gives me though, in terms of the energy, like very much TikTok. like what's a scene that resembles like this scene. And it is very much, Mean Girls when um, <laughs> I already love this comparison. I don't know where you're going. When they um, when obviously Katie's having a party and like the two weren't invited. Like it is very much that energy to me. It's like I know she did not. Like very. I don't know why, but in my head it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sure, I love that. Um, but yeah, I. I did really like this scene and we're getting info dumps, but I, I don't know. I liked it. Like you said, Adam, that him saying it's property of the government tells you. It just kind of tells you everything. It's just like, he's towing the line, whatever it may be. He's a former football guy who rode that right into a, a, a military law enforcement gig. And then his whole thing is like, I'm, I'm Mr. Rule follower when it's other people, but when I need someone to do something, I'll go, okay, well, he's not doing that therapy anymore. <laughs> like, it's every red flag in the world. I, I, they couldn't have written it more, written it more, obviously. Like, I'm like, oh, man, every scene he's in, there's a new red flag. But so I do want to pause for a second. Uh, Stephanie or Aaron, do one of you, I actually had no idea till I saw on Twitter that Hoskins was based on a character from the comics. Do one of you want to explain his comic correlation? Let me go ahead and hop on this because I had to write about it. Um, so, <laughs> uh, Mr. Lamar Hos Hoskins, 
uh, was introduced with John Walker initially as like this no name uh, group of thugs that they were working in tandem to like prop up John Walker, who was going by Super Soldier. So like they would do like these stunted type of ordeals where, you know, to get people all excited about this new patriotic nationalistic guy um, because the old cap was slipping like cap around that time. had like shot somebody, which I mean, you got to do what you got to do. So anyway, um, (laughs) so when Cap, uh, when Steve Rogers like relinquishes his shield and steps away, um, when John Walker is introduced as the new Cap, um, they bring in Lamar Hoskins, but he actually goes by the nickname Bucky. That is a problem because for, um, and actually um, Dwayne McDuffie had to tell this to Mark Grunwald, but he's like, yeah, so that is actually a very derogatory term when referred to a black man due to history, which you clearly know nothing about. So change that. So (laughs) he changed it to Battlestar and um, Battlestar basically runs around with um, John Walker, Captain America in the same way that uh, Falcon ran around with Captain America. So it's very much, if you take over the Captain America mantle, you are going to get a black best friend. (laughs) (laughs) God. Um, Thank you for that explainer. I really had no, because I think when I came into the comics, I think it was like US agent was on West Coast Avengers. Mm -hmm. So that's just like, I always just thought of him as like, you know, because Marvel has a lot of that where there's like the other version and then like the like darker version who's more violent. Like they do a lot of that shit. So I just... Yeah, I didn't know he had also had a sidekick. Yeah, so we get this character because um, also Torres is, is he like current Falcon or he was Falcon for a minute? He is literally a Falcon. Yeah, I actually didn't um, mind it at all. Stephanie, do you remember who wrote this run? So it's the same guy who wrote um, the whole Cap Hydra thing. Um, his name is very similar to a white supremacist, which is funny to me. Um, Steve something. Who's that guy who got punched in the face? Oh, Richard Spencer? Yes, Richard Spencer, but it's Richard something else. Or is is something Spencer. It's something Spencer, but I always get them mixed up because of several reasons, but mainly because of their name. Yeah, because in that version, um, or because I feel like this is the most modern iteration of like this Captain America universe, but the power broker experiments on Torres and like legitimately, oh, he's experimented on and um is infused with the blood of Red Wing, the actual Falcon. And so then he becomes a Falcon-Human hybrid situation and then becomes like under the tutelage of Sam Wilson as Captain America. I mean, it is an, it's an interesting book. Um, <laughs> yeah, because Sam is turned into a werewolf. That is another long-standing what? Captain America. Captain America gets turned into a werewolf all the time because mm. of this black villain <laughs> who I love, um, Night uh, Nightshade. Yes. Like likes to fuck with him and <laughs> always likes turning him into a werewolf. So it's a furry thing, is what you're saying. That's, yeah, I- it is a furry thing. And <laughs> she's like in BDS BDSM gear. It's mm-hmm. it's a real it's a real good time. It's that book is so bonkers because Misty's in it too. Um, I forget the name of Red Skull's daughter, but I think Stephanie wasn't at the time she was in pursuit of Xavier's head because she wanted yes. it. Yeah, she wanted like his telepathic abilities. 
Wasn't it? Was her name Sin? Is that who? What, is that what it was? It might have been Ian, but I won't call you a liar because I'm not sure. But we'll go with that. That sounds about <laughs> right. <laughs> but so, getting back to the show. So, what Adam? What is the thing that makes uh, Bucky get out of the truck? So, um, so our our new favorite uh, guy Hoskins says. <laughs> He's like, my name is Battlestar, and he says it in that smug way. And then he just literally has this, like, angry George Costanza moment where he's just like, stop the car. <laughs> and he just busts out, and he just, like, fucking drops, and he leaves. He's had enough of these two. Yeah. <laughs> and in that moment, I said, wow, so Bucky is going to be the person that I end up latching on for this series? Because, <laughs> same. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's just, it's one of these things where he is just like, He's had enough of everybody. He's kind of in that, he's, he's in that like stage of depression where you were just, you're very, you're high functioning, but you were like, absolutely, you hate everything everybody's saying. You hate everybody. You just, you you walk around being like, you just look on your face where you're just like, everything you just said was like so stupid. I, got, I have to walk away from you. So, so Adam, it's us every other alternating <laughs> <Right>. week. <laughs> yeah, we do trade off. Because sometimes I'm just like, no, Ian, what you got to understand is that everybody has a reason for why they're doing things. And and da, 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 da. And then next week, I'll just be like, absolutely. I, I If I could snap away half a Twitter, I would. <laughs> <laughs> but so then we get, I, I appreciated that like we do, stay on like the character beats of like Falcon Sam is more like all right let's talk and he's like more open to what Johnny Walker is saying until Johnny Walker says he like calls them Cap's sidekicks Mm -hmm. and Sam is like oh you had to have that last line and he gets out of the truck yeah I don't know like part of me is like I I don't I don't know I don't know how I feel like I felt like Sam should have been annoyed before. Like it felt like he should have been mad the moment it was like, "Oh, we tracked you with Red Wing." That would have been for me the moment I was done with those folks. Like right. I would have been like, "Oh, you were tracking my shit." Oh, and now you're saying it's government property. Okay, fuck you. I'm getting right because he has like the biggest beef with this guy because he's like, I kind of was feeling weird about the shield, and you said you were just going to put it in some museum, then you give it to this jerk off, and then now he's tracking me with the thing. Like, I feel like this would build for him and it kind of was not. But I feel like this is also one of the most fundamental problems with Falcon as a character in general. Like, he just kind of rarely has a strong sense of perspective or, like, I don't know, a train of thought that's, like, that seems to be on its own. Um, And I feel like you don't really see that as much in Winter Soldier because we're just getting introduced to him. But, like, right. for all his purposes, like, Falcon is essentially, like, the the Black best friend that's just there to, um, you know, serve in silence. Like, I don't, I feel like he rarely offers any type of dynamic, either, like, feedback or just, like, a thought process that's worth following through. And, I mean, Stephanie and I have, like, talked about this ad nauseum. Because he's just, he's not a... He's not a dynamic character. And like, I, I hate to say it, but it's true. And so you would think that like, he would be triggered by, you know, them tapping into Red Wing um, by him, you know, by like, I would imagine the trauma of just giving that shield up and him dealing with um, a sense of imposter syndrome. But I feel like so much of Falcon's personality just comes off as like, he either doesn't give a fuck or just like, 
<laughs> isn't invested fully in what's going around him. Part of me wishes like they took what they set up in episode one, which is that like, he doesn't really have any source of income because like Stark is gone and he's just like a contractor. And they use that to like drive the conflict for him, which is like, well, like a government contract with this guy who dresses up like my friend and I hate him, like could help me like with my sister's boat. And like, I feel like this show has set up things that he could care about. And then they're like, nah, let's forget about it. There's anarchists on the internet that we're going to hunt down for no reason. And it's like, but you almost yep. could have given him a motivation. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like he doesn't really have one outside of being um sam wilson gives me very like quippy black best friend energy that like he's kevin hart yes he's yes because he like you can tell he used to live in the hood in some capacity like or like he you know he might have come from a rough neighborhood but like maybe he moved in with his aunt in the suburbs and like just kind of like stayed out there for like all of his high school experience but I kid you not, like, he gives me the energy of every black bro that you see in a fraternity. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, it is very much so that energy where he's just like, I'm just happy to be here, guys. Like, and is a class clown. Mm. <laughs> uh, and he's got those, like, soft, nerdy gamer nephews, too, who really need a better example. Exactly. <laughs> like, who really just wanted them to fuck off so they could play Switch. Like, they... <laughs> He gave them like he, you know what the the respectability type of politics that he leans into feels very right for the character or maybe just Anthony Mackie in general. So even though he is being depicted this way, it still makes sense. I wish that yep. they mm-hmm. would break outside of that. And they've been talking all day long about how they plan on exploring black malehood in this show. And I'm just like, okay, girl. Um, but <laughs> even with all of that, like it just still feels very true to the character. And I mean, not, not in a good way, but it's not a lie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So is it is it right after this when it is right after this, right when Bucky like says he wants yeah. there's someone right. who wants Falcon to meet. And Stephanie, correct me if I'm wrong. In the comics, was Isaiah first introduced in Young Avengers? Uh red, right, and black, right? Yeah, it was the um I guess true for uh black red, black, and white, or whatever they called it. Um, but yeah, that's where Isaiah is retroactively introduced because someone at the Marvel offices was like, hey, so you know, um, let's just say that there was a black Captain America. You know, that's something that the people go for. They always love when we retroactively introduce this character who also could have been a legacy hero, but we didn't have that forethought back then. So let's do this and, you know, mix all this black trauma in, like stir it up real good and boom. And now we got somebody to <laughs> make this character who looks like michael jordan um and inject him into the young avengers because <laughs> uh, i remember in my in my brain that com- i thought that comic i knew that comic is this i thought it came after young avengers my timeline of like that stuff is because in the young avengers i remember him being like i liked it better that they gave him more of a voice slash yes. i remember the comics him being like yeah. he just kind of sits there right so like at least there was that I think this actor was really good. The actor they cast as Isaiah. Um, what did we all think of this scene? 
<laughs> I would like to know what it's going to mean. I guess before I have an opinion, I just want to know what they're doing with it. Because it's a right. loaded thing to drop in if you're not ever going to come. I mean, they must come back to it, right? But I, I'm I'm holding my breath, I guess. So it was the reason, so the reason, I'm just, I'm just like trying to, because it was not as like, I'm not like following the through lines as well on this show as I did with WandaVision. But like the reason Bucky took him over there was because he was like, hmm, these super soldiers are popping up out of nowhere and then that's weird. So I'm going to go to the only other super soldier that I know, right? Is that it? I guess. I think that's it, um, Adam. I really don't think they had any other way to... Or couldn't think of any other way to like introduce this character so early on since they only had what is it seven episodes total? Six, yeah. Six. Oh, six. six. Oh God, I just got so happy. <laughs> so <close. laughs> this is yeah, not to not to drop a third Seinfeld reference in here, but this is the bad sub uh, card. <laughs> this is like all right, all right, only four more. And my husband is like, we don't like have to like legally finish watching this show, and I was like, no, we can no. <laughs> legally for slayer vs 98 we have to <laughs> even without the show i would yeah i would i would be finishing because i have a finishing thing but yeah yeah i don't yeah it felt awkward like i my first watch i was like wait why are they here like i, I kept thinking yeah. like why did bucky break like i rewound that after i finished just to be like did i miss a reason but it felt very weird and but i gotta say i thought that actor delivered a really good performance in this scene like I was like, yeah, fuck you, Bucky. What do you think you're doing? Like, I felt like that dude was in the right the whole time he was angry. And I thought he like gave a really good, like, older dude has this trauma. Yeah, I don't know. I He he was great. That's Carl Lumbly. Um, he's been uh throughout our childhood as far as like superhero stuff is concerned. So he was Mantis and also he voiced Mr. Martian Manhunter in Justice League and um Justice League Un- uh, Unlimited. So that's oh, why shit. he like really had that vibe down. That makes sense. So yeah. one thing that I think we should point out, just because it's it's kind of this is why I'm waiting to see more because I, I'm kind of horrified if this is where they're going to leave it because the the original characters introduced like to to acknowledge that they experimented on black soldiers and all of them died except for Isaiah Bradley and it's supposed to be yeah. like a Tuskegee syphilis study like mm-hmm. riff mm-hmm. and in this they introduced him as like a super soldier that Bucky knew during the Korean War and and if they leave it there like that is wildly oh, inappropriate yeah. in my opinion cuz like you can't agree yeah you have like and especially then to have then Sam arrested for or, or detained for racial profiling like the next scene it's just too much like you have to acknowledge like outside of that man's house yeah like it's it's like, what are you doing? It's so clumsy. And then you're and the tone is so all over the place. And then to not reference like the racism of Isaiah Bradley's existence, like I don't I don't know. I I, I need more. I need more of that. Or it's just really bad writing. Was Isaiah yeah. Bradley jailed for three for thirty years like the yeah. stage was in the coming? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was. But I think what probably would have helped this scene is I think that there could have been a level of intimacy that Sam could have had with Isaiah if they were the only people in the room. And I also find it a little head scratching that like Bucky is the one, like I get that he's, you know, a millennia old, but he's the one that has this information, but I feel like it could have possibly been more powerful if Falcon had simply like done research and realized that there was another, you know, black Captain America and like sought him out himself. But this just feels... I mean, I don't know. It 
it feels so racially charged and at the same time, like, a really simple plot device. Mm. And so I'm, yeah, I'm hoping, Ryan, to your point, that there is a payoff later in the future. Because right now... And I mean, one of the things that Stephanie and I talk about a lot, especially like within the comic and geek space, is how painful at times it can be to just see Black trauma on display. And it felt like here it was again without actually having um, a reason or a license enough to like really deliver a powerful message, but just to traumatize us some more. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can see that. This is like the second time they've done this. Because they do it in the first episode, which at least there is a reason for that, right? Like they show Falcon open and like the opening, him doing all these amazing things, flying, soaring, killing folks, all that, um, and how competent he is uh, at his job. And then he still, unfortunately, cannot get a loan because of just institutional racism and everything else so, but they have like there's a connection there like you can reason why writing wise like why you put that there but you still kind of didn't do anything with it outside of that so i'll let it go and then in this episode they because sam is like questioned by the police twice was it mm-hmm. one time i think in the previous episode and then oh, in this yeah. one it's just kind of like why do you right. all keep doing this yeah like we get it we don't i like we listen right we get it they're like isolated, and so it like ends up feeling like we're watching Crash a little yeah, bit. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh my god! Adam, that's a good reference. But, but that's the thing. I was I was waiting for any of these. Like it felt like we were watching like because we were, we got the Isaiah story and this thing. Like they all feel so separate. Like they're little short films where it's like, hey, this kind of character you you know you love from from the Captain America movies. Like here's him just getting detained. Like, and again, if Sam had a more, like, y'all were saying, like, a, a more logical and consistent and activated kind of through line, like, Aaron, like you said, like, if he had in the, because again, we're getting a whole Black Widow movie about what was she up to when she was on the run for two years between Civil War and Infinity War. This could have been Sam's version of that, where it's like, yeah, during that time on the run, he encountered Isaiah, he he learned the story. He he dug that up, and this is and you could had it feel more kind of activated. This was just kind of another person off of Bucky's list, and then you had Sam be this more just kind of passive observer to more trauma in the house. Yeah, and I feel like exactly what you're articulating is why I have a hard time with digesting Falcon and the show in general because I feel like Bucky is rich with backstory. He, um, you know, it's like, despite his age, like he has a very complicated, nuanced backstory that kind of unfolds in multiple ways around him. And for Sam, that has been through very systemic, racist sort of like ideas, like just even the fact of like, um, you know, Stephanie and I were joking about the first episode with him being like, yeah, we're going to like go out there and sell like catfish dinners. And just like, (laughs) (laughs) and oh my God, I don't know if I said systematic, but if I did, y'all, I meant systemic, but uh, Sierra got to me. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, okay. There was also, I I wanted to go real quick back to that point about, um, about Bucky, like being the one to show Sam. And it reminds me so much of like the criticism around the movie soul where you had like black 
content like yep. black issues walked through by a white character and it's such a disney trick and it's just like so insidious that to see it pop up yet again yes. within like the same six months soul and green book too like i feel like it is oh. very yeah like here let the oppressor teach you about you know your oppression and it's 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 getting like fiercely played out so they oh, wait also i wanted to ask did we all think that the younger guy was supposed to be patriot yeah you do? Oh, the kid in the house? Oh, oh, Eli? Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. He's not supposed to be light skin. Mm-hmm. So, oh. <laughs> good luck when that is revealed. <laughs> so, because I didn't, I didn't think it was, but then I saw a lot of people saying that they thought it was, and I guess that made sense. So they leave the house. Isaiah kicks them out, um, tells them to leave, and they leave. Um, I kind of, again, to your point of, like, it would have been better if Falcon was there with him alone. I kind of thought we were going to get, like, Okay, Bucky Lee's, but Falcon right. and him, like have a talk, right? Yeah, I thought that would have made for like a good scene, and I mean, maybe we'll get it later on. But it just—that's what I was waiting for. I was waiting to be like, okay, Falcon's gonna go back and talk to him, and he'll be understandably less threatened because Falcon's not a man who, like, you know, was this like evil assassin a hundred years ago that he had to fight, or even like a lingering moment where like he does follow him out, but he he waits for a moment, and they have a final right piece of dialogue or something a moment that re-solidifies sam as the protagonist of the show which so far seems and it's, it doesn't there is a bit of a co-protagonisting but like i think bucky is a little bit more supporting if we're looking at the storytelling in greater yeah. detail so for sure yeah i think it was such an a missed opportunity to um with seeing Elijah, Isaiah, and Sam. Because when I look at that, I see three different types of generational trauma of being Black men. And that could have been such a poignant, just sort of powerful discussion, even if, you know, Elijah didn't like say anything. But I feel like you so rarely see Black men commune with each other and sort of that level of intimacy. And so, yeah, it was just like, like once he had like left the house, it's just like, that was a waste kind of. Yeah. Right. Yes. That's what it, it felt very that it was like, they just kind of like worked up this like older black man to go see him. And like, they did nothing but like upset him. Right? It's funny because like, we could have had a whole episode just with that, like yeah. without even uh, unpacking every single thing about the Isaiah story. Like you could have had an entire episode that just kind of touched it. Cause all this show is doing is tracing the, and looking at, you know, what does being Captain America mean? What does having that shield mean? And, and it absolutely, you could have spent a whole episode lingering on with that. I mean, I mean, maybe this would have been a stronger show had they been broken up into half an hour, nine piece chunks where you could do more episodic mm -hmm. stuff. I don't know. I'm trying to. I'm trying not to bring my writer hat to this too much, but definitely, I'm, I'm definitely trying to be like, oh, I was almost there, and in so many different moments. I, I think that's it. The show is always almost there, and that's like very frustrating to me. And it doesn't make any sense too, because like this isn't something that is on Netflix. It's on. It's like it's in your right. house. So do. You like, yeah. do you not have enough time in your own kitchen? Like, what's going on? And I get, like, actors and stuff are busy and they have other things going on, but also you hired them. So if you hired them and they agreed to do it, then get the extra, you know, episode or whatever. Because, again, this is Disney's thing on Disney's thing. It's not, you know, Disney contractually doing something, um, like, for Netflix and any of that. Like, figure it out. 
take the time to tell a story. This is why these are on your streaming app and not in the theaters because you're taking the time out to like really, you know, flesh out these characters so folks can get to know them. So do the thing. Right. Yeah. So we, they leave the house and we cut to, is it after this? No, it's, it's literally immediately outside of his house where the police show up. I thought we got the cut to the, but we don't even get the cut to the flag smashers. It's they're outside the house, the police show up and you know, Stephanie, what you said is what I was thinking. It's like very weird the way they just like, it's like immediate. And it's like, I don't know. It feels like too much. It does. I will say though, I will say though, I was getting, I was like so upset from the Isaiah, like the Isaiah stuff made me like teary eyed. I mean, we all know I'm very emotional, not surprising, um, but like that made me real teary eyed and I stayed teary eyed because it's like, we just had this like really upsetting moment with like this really good actor giving a really good performance. And then we're like, and I mean, it goes back to what you said, Aaron, of like more, we're just like traumatizing this black character more. And we're not doing it for a reason. Yeah. And like, ugh. No, it's just, I mean, I, here's the thing. Probably from a storytelling standpoint, they needed to get them over to the precinct because Bucky flopped on his um, court-mandated uh, therapy. And they were like, okay, well, let's have this moment where Bucky, where Bucky's arrested. But, oh, great, we're in this kind of neighborhood and we'll comment on the, on the on that. Like, it just kind of felt like there yeah. was a weird fake out to to have this escalating tension with Sam and then like, ooh, t- a twist, we're going to take Bucky into custody. Like it was, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and like with stronger writing, if they would have actually done more with um, maybe if Sam would have had that moment with Isaiah and also um, Elijah or whatever, if that is Elijah, but maybe then if that scene happens, you know, I'm already so tied in and actually caring about Sam and this new frustration that he has because he was unaware that this black Captain America existed. And then like, you know, just hearing what he had to go through that whole ordeal, like has him very raw. So then when the police pull up and then this happens like a double whammy, like you just have to deal with this. Now you have to deal with this. And I'm probably still annoyed. However, you've given me a reason to like, I don't know, make up for that annoyance. Cause it works even more to like endear you to Sam because, you know, unfortunately he had to learn this news, deal with that. No time to process it because he's given a new trauma to have to deal with. But mm-hmm. no, it's just, hey, we're we're going downtown, y'all, because Bucky has warrant. <laughs> Wink. Plot twist. Yeah. <laughs> right. And it just, it was one of the, yeah, because not to jump ahead, but like, yeah, because it's one of these things where like, we're trying to get to this point where you're showing and then you, when you do get to the two of them in therapy together and Bucky has this nice kind of revealing moment where you kind of see him unpack stuff and then Sam further shuts down. That made sense only if you kind of really tried to do the extra math there and be like, no, yeah, he's just had a really big clusterfuck of a day. So so then we get, God, when do we get, I guess we skipped over it, but we do get a scene of like the, the flag smashers going to the safe house. It feels very, <sighs> all right. Sure. Dude, yeah. why are European terrorists speaking English? It's just such a it's such a simple thing. And the minute you see it, you're like, oh, this this is gonna suck. Okay. And it's so funny because they use that same actress for this role. And like, cause you do you guys remember she was also the leader of that weird mechanical indigenous tribe in the solo movie? Oh yeah. Yes. I didn't realize that was mm-hmm. her. Yep. I was just like, uh, oh, y'all love doing this. <laughs> 
I was like, whose niece is this? <laughs> can, can we talk about the Flag Smashers, though, just like oh as an God, idea? Please. Because I feel like part of me is like, have you have you learned nothing from the last decade of protest movements? Like, especially an online protest movement. Like, we know what these things look like. Like, make them the alt-right. Just go, just make them the alt-right. Do that. Don't do this, right. whatever this is. You know what? It's extra insidious, too, because that the so the fact that they're so diverse um coupled with the <laughs> fact that you've entered you like you've introduced John Walker in the way that you have and then also you've had um you know Bucky reveal this piece of very important black history to Sam it's very whatever they're going to try to say with this show is going to mean absolutely nothing because of the way that they've introduced all of these things in the way that they they've done it so like you're right like yeah. just make them all the way all right but because you've made them diverse you've basically said you see <laughs> those colors they can also feel the same way that these other groups do because, you know, anarchists and everything like that is a, <laughs> that's a multicultural thing or standpoint. And it's just not wholly true with what you're trying, like the, what you're trying to say with this show. And it's just very irritating because you can't have it both ways. Like you can't make the whole diversity inclusion component fit into your villain because then I'm thinking, well, no, they're not wrong. And then, but they're now no. like talking about like build borders and I'm like, but wait, <laughs> huh? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but Stephanie, I feel like you are touching upon a character flaw that I see in a lot of either black characters or creative um, characters of color that exist in a sci-fi and fantasy universe. And I feel like one of the biggest examples I can think of right now is the way that Prudence is written in Sabrina. I'm going to throw up. Yeah. Like (laughs) the fact that, um, and you see this a lot, unfortunately with very specific black characters where they are like racist or speciesist in some sort of like odd way. So for instance, like um, Prudence is very like, she's calling Sabrina a half breed throughout the entire season. What's that show that, um, is it pretty broken things that was on Netflix? With the dancers, did anyone see that? No. There is a biracial black character in there whose father um, served in the military and died in Iraq, if I'm correct. And so there is a Middle Eastern boy who also attends the dance school. And so he's just always, quote unquote, have beef with him. And I feel like this is something we see so often, like where it is specifically a brown character that becomes the... I don't know, becomes a megaphone of Of that type of, yeah. And the reason why that is, is that it um, makes, it it allows you to say stuff without actually saying it. So then you can be like, yeah, we did do the thing, but no, you really honestly did not. That's the thing. Like it further lets right. white, it yep. like further lets white supremacy off the hook, and it just—it's one of these things where, like, and that's another thing with with the flag smashers that I'm like so confused about. I'm like, I don't know what the like plan. I know like the goal, but it's a pretty broad with like like right. they, they want to make things the way they were before then, and I'm like, because they keep saying that, but I'm like, how socially or like literally <laughs> right. make them disappear? Like I'm like, what is the like? I, I what, what is it? 
Was everybody eating peanut right. butter yeah. sandwiches or something? I don't know. Like stealing <laughs> vaccines. I really don't know what the fucking plan is. And if they were like, if they were, even if they were all right people, I feel like they would have like a very specific, like, we're just going to kind of keep this cool shit going or whatever. Or if there was something right. bad. like mm-hmm. Or go all the way with it. Like this was the, this was what they, they accidentally kind of got right with Thanos, which right. is like, if you're going to be an eco-fascist, they're real. They exist. You can go look up what they write about on the internet mm-hmm. and you can like use it and they could be like, we believe that the earth is too crowded. There's global warming and we're going to like depopulate the earth again, the way Thanos, Thanos wanted it and make them like disciples of Thanos. Like use what yeah. they've got. Instead yeah. they make this like rainbow brigade yeah. of anarchists that talk like Antifa. It's, it's so dumb. Well, then just like <laughs> casually or here's something we're, we're dropping in some world building here. That's very troubling. And could be interesting, were they exploring it? Were they not failing to explore like six or seven of the other interesting things they're bringing up? They keep referencing like, yeah, well, you know, there's all these unhoused encampments all over the planet. Oh, I loved that. That was like catnip for me. <laughs> and then they just like kept blowing. Yeah. I was like, I was like, how many people are unhoused? Are there just like whole sections of countrysides that are just filled with unhoused people while the rest of us are like going on and being like <laughs> that's weird i lost five years of my life or what like you know like in if you if you juxtapose like that kind of world this like deeply chaotic unhoused world with like the spider-man far from home you know reality which is just like oop, this person you went to high school with is now in college and you're still in high school like kind of that sort of thing where like people's lives were kind of upended but not really yeah. but then you had this whole thing and i'm just right. a little like I'm waiting for, like for so much more stuff to just get unpacked in a way that I'm like, oh, I hope they do, but it just seems a little vague. Yeah. yeah. D- does anyone here watch The Expanse? It's like a show that I've always meant to watch, but I have not watched it. I can't it. wait for my turn to say, does anybody watch Fill in the Blank and then it's silent? <laughs> <laughs> so so the, the, the Expanse is a good show. I highly recommend it. But the most recent season is about uh, the emergence of an ISIS-like extremist cell within the politics of the show. And what they do is they create like a, a, a tiered society of inequality. And then they show how like a radical can become kind of like a – you know, an Al Baghdadi figure. And it's, it's a, uh, it's well done. It takes the whole season to kind of get to where it's going. And, and it takes a lot of like nuanced writing and they have to like deal with the whole complexities of how that happens. And the Marvel universe is just like not capable of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like no. the MCU just can't do it. And so we end up getting this like halfway thing where, you know, you have like TikTok bandits robbing banks or something. And it's like, <laughs> Give us like, give us the ISIS of Thanos. Give us like, give us snap ISIS. You can do it. It's there. Um, but they're just too lazy, I think, or cowardly. I'm going to move us on to the, the couples <laughs> therapy. Oh boy. So Sam goes to the jail, the precinct and Bucky is released. We find out he is released because of stupid ass Johnny Walker. Who's like, Oh, he's with me. The therapist comes in and I really liked her in the first episode uh she seemed very competent very smart she knew bucky it felt like she you know called him on his bullshit immediately she was like well you're lying well you're lying oh you're lonely and you're 100 years old and this version of her seemed like kind of dumb i i was like (laughs) is she doing this bad therapy on purpose she was letting a lot more slide yeah Mm. and i mean she at the top of it she says this might be unprofessional but i think it's the only way to get through to the two of you But it also felt a little like I enjoyed the scene. I'm not going to pretend I didn't. I enjoyed it. But like afterwards, I thought about it. Once you like pull it, it's like, wait, but like 
she's Bucky's therapist. It doesn't seem like he was talking about Sam a lot. It doesn't seem like that would be the thing she has to do is put them together. It felt like we were, it's Bucky and his trauma and that's what she was there for. I don't know. I, I felt, I didn't understand what she was doing, but it made for an enjoyable scene. And she like flat out says she's using couple therapy. They make them put their legs together. It's very ridiculous, but I did enjoy it. This seemed to be, they did a good job here of making it silly while keeping the characters in character and like they're still like mad and angry. I don't know. What did everyone else think of this therapy scene? Uh, I liked it. I thought, I thought it was fine. I think like it was a quick way to write themselves out of a corner that they wrote themselves into for no reason in the first episode. Like that's what the second half of this episode felt like to me, which was just like them being like, okay, we've done a bunch of stuff. And none of that stuff we need anymore because we're going to go into like America. We're going to go into civil war two now. And so <laughs> they're like undoing all of their personal like plot devices, which, you know, gives the show character. So we're going to be like, here's one last little thing. And then we're never going to bring this up again. <laughs> so, you know, it was fine. But <laughs> Stephanie, what'd you think? Um, I was thinking uh, I wanted to listen to Mary J. Blige's share my world because this was a very poor version of that. Um, it was just like, you know what, let's again, like what Ryan just said, write ourselves out of this hole. And then also to, I don't know, like connect Bucky and Sam together. Like let's have Sam, you know, in his therapy session because Sam is a part of his life now and therefore would also need to be a part of his therapy. So it was very, you know, put on Mary J. Blige, share my world and let things go. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like for them to, like, I know Bucky has a very different relationship with Steve, but I do also believe that the MCU likes to dangle him as sort of... I don't know, this queer baby, like potential character. And so like, yeah, I just, I guess after, cause Bucky at times in it, like in the greater whole of the MCU can become really exhausting to watch as a character. Um, yeah. And so I think I was just reminded of that in this scene. I was just like, okay, well, um, next. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Adam. Yeah. I, I think it's a mistake to have, Bucky and Sam be this have this much static right now. I think they were they have they set themselves up such a gift by having like these two people who maybe up front like all right they're friends in law they don't have a lot of warmth but then they are thrown together into a situation where they have a common like kind of person they hate with this new cat and I thought like oh Mm -hmm. great this is gonna bring them together they'll head it but I'm like how are we ever going to root for the two of them when they have like never had any functioning like at all once mm. um, they've been either right. bickering or I'm, it's just one of those people where I'm just like, are you, do you like it? Do you two like each other? Like kind of thing. Like, and not yeah. even in a, in a way that this therapist was, which is like <laughs> you two, like it was, I was just really like, it was legit. Like I was like, I know you both love the same guy who is now gone. So that, but I just think it's one of those things where, a lot of stuff in this show makes sense in a way, like emotionally, but is not the mm-hmm. strongest choice. Because it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. it makes sense to explore these mundane things and and this real life stuff and do this and that. 
It is not the most active choice, not when you've got six episodes, not when you are trying to make the case for these two characters have a very rich life outside of Captain America's shadow. Other than that, I liked it. No, I'm just <laughs> I mean, I did like I did like Sebastian Stan's delivery of the like, if he was wrong about you, then he was wrong about me. That was the moment. That was yeah. the biggest moment for me where it was like, yes, we're getting yeah. somewhere. I thought that was like, that did pack the emotional punch. Like that, again, made me like a little teary-eyed. So I was like, fuck, I hadn't, I I mean, maybe it's my smooth brain after a year of only seeing my parents. Um, but like, I felt like, oh, I hadn't even thought that's why he's so angry. I thought he was just being kind of a dick, being angry about the shield. Um, but that made a little bit more sense because it was a little annoying how Bucky kept making it all about him when actually it was Sam's decision and he's allowed to donate this shield to a museum. It's not like he thought it was going to go to this other dude. He didn't hand it over to Johnny Walker. I understand being angry about it being in Johnny Walker's hands, but like donating it to the Captain America museum isn't a wild, like that's not, you know, that's, that doesn't seem so like a thing to be angry about. Right. Mm. But so then they, I don't like how it ends. I don't like the Falcons like, well, after this, we'll just never speak again. It's so like fake 90s action movie. And it's like, yeah, it's like, guys, just like, let it go. Because <laughs> like, we know that's not how it's going to end up, right? Yeah, it's it's just it, it's not going to accomplish the thing, which is illuminate who Sam is. Like, I think it would been it would have been such a great opportunity to take that moment after Bucky's confession and for him to just continue with that energy ball and reveal more and then end on a positive note because they had had friction the whole episode it could have ended on that they only got like four more episodes like are they going to get along at it like at all like once and then now they're going to go get this villain who we all know is he's in every poster and and trailer so yeah they are actively resisting forward momentum energy in their writing and Mm, yeah so they get outside they leave they say that's okay. They even tell the therapist she made it weird. They walk out. They encounter Johnny Walker. This is when it's like, okay, but like you two do, like you two are a team because like they're a, they're a united front when they need to be. So it feels like just cut the shit, right? Yeah. Like you do your bickering if you want, but stop pretending that you're not even going to speak to each other after this because they're on the same side in this scene, right? Like none of them want, neither of them want anything to do with Walker. Falcon's trying to be more the nice guy. He even says like, oh, well, you know, you're held down by the government, we're flexible. So I don't think it's good we work together. He's trying to be the like the guy who's not causing a scene. Bucky's more like flipping him off. And Cap Walker says like, what is he? I think he says something like, well, it's going to be a mistake if you get in the way or something like that, right? It's like a veiled threat. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I would like one of you who are a bigger comic nerd to explain to me, I didn't quite get the conclusion they got of, we got to go see Zemo. <sighs> It doesn't make any damn sense at all. No, it doesn't. (laughs) It's because he was in the movie with them last time. Yeah, (laughs) it says it's the only the only thing. It's actually pretty weird how they introduced the flag smashers because you know that's what actually ends up making Cap want to uh, question what he's doing and retire is because due to the flag smasher is the reason why he ends up catching a body. Via via a gun, and why he's like questioning his morality and all these other things, whatever. So the way that they've introduced them and now are going to introduce Zemo is very, 
it feels very backwards. Like I feel like Zemo mm. should have been introduced first and then them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like John Walker to be a plant from Zemo. That's what it mm. feels like is happening, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the natural show here. It's very weird that that's not what's going on. Because I thought it's interesting that like Batroc the Leaper was the first villain, quote unquote we got from the show. Right. Um, which, I mean, to Stephanie and Ryan's points, I feel like, just like, hey, who was in those um, Captain America movies again? <laughs> <laughs> Let's include them on a bill. Right, right, right. Because this show is also supposed to go to Madripoor, and I'm like, how is this? Ooh. Yeah, how are they <laughs> going to do that? We got, we have like, at this point in WandaVision's runtime, we were heading into Quicksilver. Right. With four episodes left. So the, the pacing thing about w- both WandaVision and this show, it, it sort of bothers me about both, which is that they, they're they constantly fighting what we're all here to do, right? Like WandaVision did this a lot in the early episodes where it's like, we're all going to pretend like we have no idea what's about to happen, but we all kind of do. Right. We're padding time and we're like eventually going to build to what is just a standard movie. But we're and it was fun, so I feel like people weren't super bothered by it. But I'm beginning to think that this is maybe a problem with all these shows, which is that like they don't know how to write a TV show, so they're just like putting a bunch of weird buffer before what is just going to be a movie that's cut into pieces. I think that's fair because I also I find it fascinating, and I know that Marvel wants to try to be more experimental with their TV shows, but I'm surprised that they didn't go the same route with like almost establishing a very specific genre for each show. Yeah. Like I felt like that could have had some problems to it, but I don't know. It just feels like, like going back to WandaVision, I was having a conversation with like an editor friend of mine about the whole Quicksilver thing. And I'm like, say what you will like about it. That was Marvel trolling. (laughs) Um, And so I'm just like, how much trolling are we in for with the rest of these like series? But there was no logical choice on the planet for them to give us Evan Peters' Quicksilver other than to be like, yeah, fuck you. We got Fox too. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm, yeah. That, that was an issue that that Quicksilver reveal is one of my issues with the show that I loved. Um, but so I will say the, the drama they bring after he's like, we're going to go see Zemo. I was like, I loved, that's the shit I like. They're playing like whatever that fucking like opera theme. And like going through the halls and they show the chessboard and it, it reminded me a little bit you're all gonna it reminded me a little bit of like magneto playing yeah. chess in the x-men movies <laughs> yeah it's the we he he's a menace to society but we need him like kind of moment but like zemo didn't quite earn that entrance i don't know no. he's just like a guy like he's <laughs> a random like that's what's so crazy to me about this is that like in civil war he's just a guy who's kind of mad and he, and he doesn't, I mean, he succeeds in his plan, but his plan is just to be like, I'm going to make these people fight each other. And I'm just like a random dude from like Eastern Europe. (laughs) Like that's his whole deal. Like, yeah. I mean, in civil war, you knew his breakfast order more than you knew him as a character. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like here's my pitch for how I reintroduce Zemo because Zemo's whole thing was like, he's this every guy. We did. He was in Age of Ultron, but nobody knew he was. He's like he's a flop. He's a he's a he's a somebody. He's like somebody nobody knows. Um, He's he's the little guy trounced on by all this superhero stuff. 
So he's this guy nobody notices. So I would have opened it. I would have taken maybe a page from even WandaVision saying how they started um, Monica's episode by kind of in media res, like like opening with her in the middle of like her coming back from the blip mm. um, and the chaos of that. Like imagine uh, an episode that begins with Zemo was snapped away and then he's in the middle of prison when like show a prison with this kind of chaos where it's like ooh the guards yeah. come back like someone has the keys it's it's been abandoned the 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 door is open the door is unlocked people can leave and he's such a blank he's such a um a non entity he basically can just slip out and like you used to see how he gets out and then he's behind the flag smashers or he's behind us agent or something like that i kind of th- i kind of thought that's what it was going to be yeah like how do we lobby for adam to be a part of the next phase of series because because <laughs> it like how does that not make sense like i feel like you know what i feel like my five-year-old could be like yeah so um let's open up the beginning with this guy dealing with things and then right. go from there they do it in my little pony well, wait wait wait. <laughs> let's let's go f- even further here and baron zemo is known for a mask his like purple mask which he has mm-hmm. never worn in the mcu and we are now going to have like a terrorist organization that have masks why wouldn't you make them all like the rorschach gang from watchmen where they're dressed up like yes. zemo yeah. yep and you build hype for the eventual reveal of Daniel Bruhl or whoever putting on the purple mat like you it's it's there it's all there <laughs> it's so true yeah so it's one of these things where it's like you're, you you want to you want to bring us in and this is something where you know say what we will about the problems that we had with WandaVision by the end those first five episodes were tight and especially episodes mm-hmm. three four and five yeah were tight were tight if you take them all as separate yeah. the way we got oh, spoiled by how good episode four was with right. not they could have had a line of dialogue if if they if the Winter Soldier so writers had run this it would have just shown Monica would have just shown up and said oh yeah you know whatever I was in the hospital and I heard like she would have just told it to somebody like they like yeah. no they chose to like anchor us with this character bring her in show all the different ways show all the different ways there's chaos why tell us yes. there is an unhoused encampment when you could show. You could easily get a whole bunch of extras for one afternoon and and shoot something right. like that and show us, mm. ground it, make us feel it. But all that said, I loved the ridiculous intro. Like, I kind of hope we make Zemo as like, because like Zemo in the comics is a little bit of like, he's got a little bit of flair and drama to him. Oh, he's yeah. like a little bit like Dr. Doom where he's got like, I'll have like a bejeweled thing holding up his cape and it has like the the fur on it and the purple mask and it's very like showy villain and I Baron, Baron Zemo's like beta male doom. Yeah. <laughs> I mean but Batroc is also like really flamboyant in the comics too. That's and true, like the yeah. girls are over here jealous of for Thanos and his gauntlet, but like the looks. <laughs> <laughs> but so all that said. I, I did enjoy this episode way more than episode one. Like, I feel like I'm definitely more, I know I had a lot of critiques, but I definitely felt more attached after this episode than I did after episode one. Yeah. But now that we're at the end, favorite scene, Ryan? Oh boy. Uh, favorite scene. It's probably like the Bucky scene about the Hobbit. It's just one of those <laughs> scenes that is so easy and it 
just fills out some backstory and it's nice and I enjoyed it. And I want more of that tone throughout the rest of the show. Like, I, I think that's fu- fun and good. Uh, Stephanie. I, my favorite scene was Falcon doing Falcony things with his wings and that action sequence. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron? So my favorite scene is when the little sparkle goes over the Disney Plus sign. (laughs) (laughs) Brutal. Um, I do definitely, um, I did enjoy like the dual semi-truck like fight thing. Um, Because I actually do genuinely enjoy action sequences with Sam. I feel like they can do some really fun things if they try. So yeah. Uh, Adam? Um, Yeah, my... Favorite scene was a Jeep because I think just because it showed us a very focused, intentional, like, reveal of like, okay, here's someone showing their cards where it, it, where it didn't feel like it was a character moment that didn't feel like an accident. So, um, yeah. So I felt like it had the most energy in that. Part. For me, it's a tie between, well, I'm going to cheat. So I loved the fight on the truck because, yeah, I think you're all right. It's it's shot really well. The It's an, an enjoyable fight scene. I like the Isaiah scene because that actor was like really giving a really good performance. And then when they were touching legs in the therapy scene, because I am nothing if not fucking myself. So whatever, I like them <laughs> touching knees. Um, what do you want to see moving forward, Aaron? <laughs> Set him up. Yeah. Um, wow, that was so rude. <laughs> <laughs> I would just love beautiful cin- cinematography in Madripoor. Like, I'm very curious about how they're going to pull Madripoor off. It's like one of my favorite places in the comics. All right. All right. Uh, <laughs> Adam? Gosh. Like, you know, a uh, serious answer is let's, let's get uh, Sam and Bucky actually enjoying each other and working against this uh, fake cap. Um, joke answer. Let's do this. Let's do this werewolf falcon thing. Let's let's bring that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stephanie. Um. Damn. I actually want that now, Adam. But <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the teaser. That's the end credit scene of of six. Yeah. I I know this isn't gonna happen, but like I just want them to really go there with Zemo as his messy, you know, aunt at Thanksgiving. They're not really going to lean into that, but I just wish that was the thing because, you know, you have this character who is your your shit starter for absolutely no reason. Then I am bored. Let's <laughs> let's ruffle some feathers. Um, but actually, um, I hope for Falcon, not Falcon, but um, what is the name of the guy who is Falcon? I'm so sorry, I'm blanking on his name. Torres. Yeah, Torres. Like I hope. They go weird, and he really is transformed into a falcon. Let's do it. Yeah, that would be so. Cool. Let's <laughs> let's do the let's do the initiative. Let's just do like all right. All these military guys <laughs> just get like super juiced up with like this. I live to Doctor Moreau. You're all furries now. That's right. <laughs> They're all furries. Uh, Ryan, what would you like to see moving forward? I just think uh, I'm. I'm really hoping it'll be Mephisto and Reed Richards. I'm really holding out <laughs> for uh, for John Krasinski as Reed Richards and. Uh, who 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 do they think was going to be Mephisto? It was someone fucking stupid. Um, Rafe <laughs> Fiennes, that's who it was. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. And then Magneto stupid. and Charles Xavier will show up. God. <laughs> my my serious answer is that I hope that after the baggage of the first two episodes, it just becomes like Sam and Bucky on a road trip through the MCU, and it's like, and it gets the tone correct, and and it's like a fun show, yeah. and yeah. like 
and it because I don't think it I don't think it's smart enough to be serious. So I'm hoping it can just like nail that kind of like middle of the road like action movie humor. But I don't know. We'll see. Um, yeah, I kind of agree with that. I I'm gonna be really annoyed if Sharon is our reveal at the end of the oh next my God. episode. <laughs> you know it. Oh, you know I just it will like be. just like wait, she, we know she's Why there. Speak like, that evil into the universe. We know that's Jesus what's gonna happen. Christ. But so I want her to just get there right at the beginning of the next episode, and maybe. I feel like they're going to try to make her more like the one that's like, hey, you two are being like big fucking babies. Just you're cool. You're fighting together. You're on a mission. Shut the fuck up. Because um, I feel like they need someone who's like fighting alongside that can tell them to like shut that's up. That's such an annoying thing to saddle a female character with. Just be like, I know. Yeah, it's so played. <sighs> but they love, but I tell you, Marvel loves setting up Emily Van Camp. So. I think that will happen. They I know. really love just putting her at a disadvantage every single time. I want her to come out of the shadows with just her boot. Like that's a silhouette. Like we get, we get the, and I want it to be an ankle boot too. A nasty ankle boot <laughs> with a kitten heel. Well, I was going to say, like you have like an alley cat. You've, we've, the camera follows the alley cat and then it passes by her boot and it stays on her boot. Like, like they do it. Like they do Catwoman intros in the animated series. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> wait, is it an open toe boot? Oh my God. Oh. Oh. Wait. Oh. Oh. It is. You know what? No, it is an open toe boot. Listen, I'm just saying because of Halle Berry's Catwoman. She <laughs> yes. was out there in an open toe pump. All right. Sorry. Now, what grade do you give? What grade do we give the episode, Stephanie? It gets a C plus. Okay. Aaron, what grade do you give? I'm it? gonna give it a C. Okay. Ryan, I'm gonna give it a B uh, because I'm being charitable and because we haven't been disappointed by what has been set up by this episode yet. So I think looking oh, yeah. back, we'll be like, oh, they didn't nail it, but they could. You know, we never know. Uh, Adam, I don't know. I gave the I gave the first episode a B, and I like this more, but now I'm gonna. Go, I don't know. I'm like not consistent. B minus. That's exactly the trouble I'm having, Adam. It's a B minus show. So see. <laughs> I gave the other episode a B minus, so I think I have, and I definitely like this episode better. So I gotta give it a higher grade. Uh, don't kill me. I think I'm gonna give it like a B plus, oh, just because. Fine. As long as you didn't say A, I was gonna pass out. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not an A, but yeah. <laughs> Stephanie's Stephanie's gonna cancel all her future appearances. I'm like, and don't you ever <laughs> meaningless gradings? Be like, honey, you have Rona because of the taste. Where is it? <laughs> all the WandaVision episodes that you gave like a fucking B2 right now are just like okay oh, no. oh my god wait time out rewind real quick <laughs> you, you gave a WandaVision yes. episode a B he gave WandaVision finale like a C or something oh okay no. that's fine That's you, I'll let you go with that okay alright Ian I do know I, I do know you gave more than one episode I gave the first episode a B because you said because Adam was like did you just give it a D you gave those X-Men <laughs> movies B's I was like no 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 I gave it a B oh, listen the grading if anybody who's like a super nerd first layer fan, like we'll, we'll, we could just track all the different grades and just see how like absolutely meaningless Ian's grades are like it's just like he would be like yes um First class gets a, 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 a B plus. <laughs> I did not give that movie a B. <laughs> that movie is garbage. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Thank you all for joining us. If you like Slayer Fest 98, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube and other corners of the internet. If you'd like to support us, you can support us on Patreon, which helps keep the podcast going. You get access to three to four mini episodes a month and a bonus My Bloody Judy episode. 
And if you want to follow us on social, we are at SlayerFestX98 on all social media platforms. I am Ian X Carlos. And Adam, where can everyone find you? You can find me on Twitter at the Adam Sass. You can go to adamsassbooks.com to go buy my debut novel, Surrender Your Sons. And you can also see my upcoming books in 2022 there. Ooh. Stephanie, where can everyone find you? Uh, you can find me at Twitter and Instagram at Steph underscore I underscore Will. Uh, you can also go to whysteph.com to see what I have going on. And sometime in the very, very early fall, late summer, I've got a little um, Wonder Woman and uh, Nubia story coming out in uh, Wonder Woman's Black and Gold. Yay. Aaron, where can everyone find um, you? Yes, you can find me at magical.poppy on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, that's it for me. And Ryan, where can everyone find you? You can find me at Broderick on Twitter. I write the Garbage Day newsletter, which is garbageday.email. And uh, I do a podcast, uh, which is you can find on Twitter at The Content Minds. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us. We'll see you next time. Bye.